There is a law of confession. Every time you can predict what's going to happen. Every time. Now, what has happened? We've not made the connection between what we say and what we get in this life or what we have. Now, you can speak life or you can speak what? Death. We think our words are just sound. We think our words are just noise. They're not. They're spirit. Your spirit is a bag that holds words. And whatever words are in there, when you come under attack, that's what comes out. So demons are waiting on your mouth. They are perched, waiting on your conversation. Their job is to get you to loose your tongue. It's to get you to say something that God didn't say. So every belief in me that God was not the author of, he's got plans to rid it out. If you can fix your confession in line with the Word of God, all your needs will be met. All right, I'm going to start reading here at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. Either make the tree good or his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt or his fruit and his fruit corrupt, for a tree is known by his fruit. I just want you to see that this tree has been given a gender. Call it him, his. Meaning that this, there's, there's some life here I'm talking about. And going down the next verse, verse 34, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, this generation of vipers, what is a viper? Snake. Now we're going back to the garden. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So now we go on down here and say, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure, or you can put in your Bible, deposit of the heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure or deposit bringeth forth what kind of things? Evil things. So you can't have good things deposited inside and speak evil. But neither can you have evil things inside and speak good. Okay? Now, let's go on down to the next verse, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, this judgment, don't look at it as the end of the age and we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and get rewarded for the things that we've done in this earth and so forth. That is a type of judgment. But again, I think this particular judgment also includes the things that you say on a daily basis that you are reaping the judgment of what you say. Okay? All right. Now, let's go on down because this is the clincher. Verse 37, For by thy words thou shalt be what? Justified and by thy words thou shalt be what? Condemned. Now it says thou, but it means your. 
by your words, you're going to be justified. And by your words, you're going to be condemned. Now, the word justified there means be made free or to be acquitted. Somebody has a trial and they're acquitted. They're made free. But by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Condemned means to be put in bondage or to be sentenced. So by thy words, your words, this is what's going to happen to your life. Now, this is Jesus now because what has happened is the enemy, because of man's misunderstanding, has used some of the laws that God put in the earth and had mankind to use those laws against himself. Now, I'll show you what I mean here in just a minute. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13. And let's go further into verse 10 and 11. And the disciples came to him and said unto him, came and said unto him, why speaketh thou unto them in parables? Now Jesus was teaching in parables, giving a natural illustration of something in the spirit. And verse 11, and he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Now, it's given to you to know. Who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to his people. He was talking to those who followed him, the disciples, those who, are, who he's teaching. To know the mysteries. What are mysteries? Right, hidden truths or things that are not comprehended naturally. In other words, it... it something that's beyond natural comprehension. Or you can put hidden truths. But what has the devil done? It's the enemy, and, and, and I'm not trying to mention him too much now, but he has covered up these truths. So people have not made a relationship between what they say and what's in their lives. See? In fact, in the beginning, you and I were never designed to say anything we didn't want. Yes, sir. Because it would be produced. We were made in the image of who? God. Now, God speaks what he wants. If God came in here today and said, well, today is Tuesday, what will happen to Sunday? It'll change to Tuesday. Because God said it. When God releases things and he says things, he's saying things because he releasing them because as he speaks these things, they come to pass. So we were designed like God. We were never designed to speak things that we didn't expect to come to pass. But through the fall and the curse, the enemy separated those two. Whereas a person speaks stuff and they don't expect it to come to pass. And they have not made the, the connection between what they say and what they have in their lives. Now we're calling this the law of confession. Say law of confession. Law of confession. All right, I had to go back up here first and I went 
to find out what is a law. Because we know that there's laws, there's commandments, there's, there's, there's ordinances of God, so forth and so on. And we know there's ceremonial laws and religious laws, and then there's civil laws and criminal laws. We know these are laws. But let me talk about the law from a physical standpoint. A law is a principle. Now, a principle is a foundation of something, of the ground supporting system of something. A principle based on predictable circumstances of an act. A principle based on predictable circumstances of an act. It's a law is something that works the same way every time. It is something that is predictable. The law of gravity. Isaac Newton or whoever it was that, that, that came up with a, the formula for, for being able to calculate how long it would take if you dropped a pebble weighing one pound out of a 15-story building, how long would it take it to hit the ground and what speed is going to hit that? I mean, they can calculate that. It'll work the same every time. That's a law, principles, predictable outcome. Got it? So when, when I was in the military, I went into pilot training and we went there, and all of us gathered there, I mean, all, of, all the guys who were new in the military, and we went to pilot training in San Antonio, Texas. And here we were, and they first took us through something called ground school. Now, in ground school, they were teaching us about flying. And see, Jesus was teaching and preaching. And preaching is designed to bring inspiration. But teaching is designed to bring understanding. Amen. Amen. And that's why the churches today, God has a real teaching spirit. Yes. Uh, we're teaching a lot. Why? Because we've been inspired. But now we need to learn something. So what happened was they were teaching us ground school, how to fly. But they're teaching us about the airplane, that if you take an airplane, run it down a runway, pick up certain speed, then you got air coming over the wings. And that air coming over the wings creates a, a, a lift, a coefficient of lift, and it draws the airplane up. And this lift causes this airplane to fly and it overcomes gravity. But I got to have some speed. So now I got understanding of this. Now understand, before we had that, some of the pilots, we would, our first airplane that we were taught to fly was a little Cessna 172 with a single engine propeller in the front. And you're going out and you're going up and so forth. And then they'd do some things. And some of the guys would come down sick. Some of them would have, have you know, come forth in the airplane. Y'all know what I mean, come for? Spit up. So they'd give some of them a bag so that they wouldn't mess up the airplane and so forth. Why? Now they're learning to fly. But see, at first they thought they were going to die because they had no understanding that if I keep this air flowing over this thing, this thing can't go down. Amen. They gave us understanding about it because it took away 
all the fear that it won't fly. Are y'all with me? So now I know that if I put the power to that rascal and I'm going down this runway, if I pick up a certain speed, I got my V speeds. If I pick up a certain speed, this thing going to lift off. I don't care whether it's the size of a house or just a little, little Piper cup. It's going to take off. Got it? So now it's not amazing to me to see it fly. Come on now. But when some people see a big 747 out there taxiing, and then that tank take off, they say, boy, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> see, because they haven't understood the laws of flight. Now, let, let's, let's put it in another setting. Here is Jesus. He's preaching on the shoreline, preaching about increase. And so now they're pushing on him and he asked this man, Simon Peter, to use his boat. Now Simon had been fishing how long? All night. So now he gave him his use of his boat and Simon got in there with him, pushed out a little from shore. Jesus sat down and taught. Say taught. Then he turned to Simon and said, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. What did Simon do? He began to tell Jesus all the reasons why that was a foolish request. One, you don't fish in the daytime up in here because the fish will see the net and the schools of fish would run and so forth. And my family's been in fishing business for 13 years and I'm a union man. All the reasons why I shouldn't fish. Then he said, nevertheless, come on, at thy word, I'm going to launch out. He launched out. They caught a net breaking boat sinking load of fish so many, they call it partners. Their boat began to sink. They caught so many. And then Peter came back in and he was astonished at the catch. Now, why wasn't Jesus astonished? Because the law is predictable that it will work the same every time. Who works it? If you meet the biblical requirements of it, it'll do the same for you as it did for Peter, as it did for Jesus. Now this 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 is gonna clean your clock out, Jack. Totally predictable. Totally predictable. Confession is a law. You got to start with that, see? Because if you still think it's something that might happen, it might not, uh-uh. How about when Jesus spoke to the tree? Here he was. He passed by this tree. He came to the tree to get some fruit, first of all. And he came to see if anything was on it. Nothing was on the tree. It just leaves. Like folk lives. Ain't nothing in there. It just leaves. Just blowing in the wind. So what we're going to fix that, though. We're going to fix it. Say, praise the Lord. So what happens? He goes and he then saw the tree had no fruit on. He said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. Now it didn't say they overheard it. No, he's teaching. They heard it. 
Then they went on down to Jerusalem, down there, did some business down there in the temple and so forth and so on. And then that night, they went back up to Bethany to rest, he and his disciples. Then the next morning, they got up, going back down to Jerusalem again, passing by that tree. Peter calling to remember his master. Look here. Behold, the fig tree you, you spoke to yesterday, look at it. It's withered away. It's dried up from the root. Now, he was astonished. But was Jesus astonished? I'd be surprised and astonished if the airplane don't fly. See what I'm saying? Jesus would be astonished if the tree wasn't dried up. I want you to get to a place where if you speak something, And we can get there. But we're going to take a process here of teaching and we're going to revalue your words. Because right now, the words that you're speaking for the most part don't have the weight and the value that they're supposed to have. And that's why we say anything, you know, hey, hey, girl, girl, you know, you're making me sick. You know that, don't you? See, you don't want to be sick. Come on. And then we say that, you know, my feet are just what? Killing me, killing me. Now, you ain't ready to die. How about this one? Hey, yeah, I'm going to, I'm dying to go. You what? You dying to go. No, I mean, and then, no, no, look, look, look at the other thing. Oh, what? No, girl, you know, I, uh, that's unbelievable. Now, wait, wait a minute now. I'm talking about there are some little things we're going to, you're going to be able to sift your speech. Come on, through a sifter of the Holy Ghost. And he's going to show you where your problem is. It's one inch below your nose. Come on over to Proverbs chapter 18, please. Oh, we're going to do it with this one, saints of God. <laughs> Tell the devil to pack up. All right. Tell me if I'm reading this right now. I'm looking at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the devil. No, that didn't say that. Come on, shout me down. No, no. Where is death and life in the power of? Your tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. A good man out of the good deposit of his heart is bringing forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringing forth evil things. A tree is known by his fruit. Whatever is in your life right now is because inside of you. Oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, 
I'm going to come back to this, but I'm not going to do it right now because we got a whole treatment around this right here. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. You can speak life to your life or you can speak what? Death to your life. All right, let's go because there's spiritual laws and natural laws. Say spiritual laws and natural laws. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter one, please. Hebrews chapter one. All right, let me know when you get to Hebrews chapter one and verse one. God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, and has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed, what? Heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. The Charles B. Williams translation says it this way, that Jesus Christ, the son, was appointed lawful owner of everything. Now, do you know why that's so profound to me? Because I'm a joint heir. All right, look at the next verse. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, there's a part in that verse I want you to see. Who being the brightness of his glory, this express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Underline, upholding all things by the word of his power. It didn't say the power of his word. It said the word of his power. Another translation, Living Bible says, he, re- he regulates the universe by the mighty power of his command. He regulates the universe by the mighty power of his command. Now God says, let there be what? Light. And there was what? Light. Now understand, scientists tell us that the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. Because once God says it and puts it in motion, nothing can stop it. So now we've got gravity in the earth. Now, what's keeping gravity here? What God spoke, which is a higher law of the spirit, the law of the physical or natural laws, gravity, it's so forth and so on, are governed by a more powerful spiritual law. When God spoke this universe, it's staying right there where God spoke it because his word is there making it stay right where he said it. Start reading in Matthew chapter 12, uh, yes, 12 please, and starting reading at verse 33. Either make the tree good or his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For a tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. 
Now that verse 35 there, it says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Now a treasure of his heart could be good deposit of his heart. You got it? A good deposit of his heart. Now that's significant because I'm going to do something with that. Verse 36, but I say unto you that every idle word which men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now see that word idle? You can put in your Bible, if you'd like to do that, if you can write in it, if you can't, go get one you can write in. Don't write in hours now. If you borrowed hours, don't write in that. Uh, wait till you get your own. Just make a note of it. The idle there means useless, dead, or non-productive. So every non-productive word that you speak, you shall give account of in the day of judgment. We said judgment doesn't mean necessarily the end of the world. But what judgment means is it means when that word has come to fruit, to manifestation. It'll either set you free or put you in bondage by the next verse that we have. Verse 37, for by thy words thou shalt be justified. Justified means acquitted or made free. And by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Condemned means to be put in bondage or sentenced. So words. Now, this that I'm teaching on now is called the law of confession. Say that with me. The law of confession, all right? This subtopic that I'm teaching on right here in this lesson is called making the connection. Making the connection. All right. Now, we looked up first of all um, this whole word law to find out what it meant. And we said that it is a principle. Now principle is something that's a foundational truth based on predictable consequences of an act. A law is a principle, something supporting other things based on a predictable, on predictable consequences of an act. In other words, if I do this, I know what's going to happen. Not one time. Every time I do it, I know exactly what's going to happen. So what I did is I gave you an illustration of the laws of flight. Me, having commercial license as a pilot, I fly. I've been taught flying. And flying, the first thing they did is put you in ground school. Ground school is where they taught you about the airplane. Then you go into flight training. You go in the airplane, go up. First airplane they use, a little, very simple, single-engine Cessna airplane. That's what we use in the military, in the Air Force. Well, what happened? We go up, and it kind of shows us what the airplane will do, and turns, and so forth and so on. And some guys came down sick. Now, they came down sick because of fear. Fear was one of the things that was kind of plaguing their life in that environment. They thought the airplane was one point going to maybe not fly or crash or something like that. But the instructor had understood the laws of flying. That is, four laws mainly which affect an airplane. Law of lift, law of drag, law of thrust, and the law of lift. Uh, lift, drag, thrust, and gravity. Okay, so those four laws acting in concert cause this airplane to go up, come down, turn, so forth and so on. And you can put it on a computer based on the 
design of the airplane and determine how this airplane is going to operate in any situation. It's a law. The law of gravity, I can stand on a 25-story building and drop something out of the window. I wouldn't do that. But if you drop something out of the window, you can calculate how long it's going to be before it hits the ground based on its weight, based on the density of air. You can calculate that. That's called a law, predictable every time. There is a law of confession. Every time you can predict what's going to happen. Every time. Now, what has happened? We've not made the connection. What is going on? What's going on is people are saying things that indicate that they have no revelation of the connection between what they say and what they get. Now you've heard of this, sticks and stones may break my bones, come on, but words will never hurt me. Well, let's prove that. Turn to Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, if you have it, say praise the Lord, somebody. Look at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the devil. Come on, shout me down. That's not what it says, is it? What does it say? It's in the power of your tongue. Didn't say the devil. The devil wants your tongue because the death and life are in the power of that. And what we did last time is we studied the book of Job. We studied how Job was blessed above all the people in the east. And here was the enemy and he began to talk to Job's mind. Job's mind about what's going to happen to Job. Now it says here, let's go over to Proverbs chapter 30, please. Proverbs chapter 30. quickly. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 32. Have you got it? Look at verse 32. If thou has done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou has thought evil, lay your hand over your mouth. Isn't this interesting? If you got a wrong thought, the next thing that happens is it begins to come where? Out of your mouth. Am I right about it? Let's go to another place. Let's go to Psalms, please. And Psalms chapter 39. Psalms chapter 39. Glory to God. Psalms chapter 39. Have you got it? Verse one, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a what? Bridle while the who? Wicked or demons are before me. Satan is waiting on your mouth. 
Now, as we look at this, let's look at the word confession now and see what that means. Confession. In the, in the dictionary, here's the definition I got. The acknowledge of a crime, fault, acknowledgement, it probably, I, I, should have, I might, might have miswritten that. The acknowledgement of a crime or fault or something to one's disadvantage. Traditionally, people associate confession with the negative. Confession of something that I've done wrong. Father, forgive me. And I looked it up to find about the confessions, and basically there are three, there are four types of confessions. One was a confession found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 6, that John the Baptist had the Jews to confess their sins before they got water baptized. This is before Jesus started his ministry. Another type of confession is the confession found in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God's raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, this is a confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ that the sinner confessed. Some people think that sinners are supposed to confess all their sins. What? Now, they don't confess all their sin. The Bible says in John 16, verses 7 through 11, that the sinner is convicted uh, about one sin, and that's the sin of not believing on Jesus. And once they believe on Jesus and confess him, everything they ever did, boom, is gone. Why? Because they're gone. They turn into a new person. A new person gets that born again. Well, if you got a baby just born again, you can't talk to that baby about what happened 10 years ago because the baby didn't do nothing 10 years ago. Here's the third confession, the confession of when we're out of fellowship with God. Something happens in our lives as a believer. We miss God. We step out of line with God. First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to do what? Forgive your sins, come on, and cleanse you from all what? Unrighteousness. Now that's not a carte blanche to, to sin. It's saying if you do sin. And not only does God forgive you, but what else does he do with it? He forgets it. So you can't even bring it back up to him. And what people do sometimes is they waste time bringing it back up to God. Well, he's not going to remember it because he just told you in his word, he's not going to remember it. And he keeps his word. But you know what you do when you bring it back up? You weaken your own spirit. You feed condemnation in there. And when you feed condemnation in there, faith doesn't work. And condemnation is a disease of the spirit. Forget it. Don't be talking about it every week. All right. Now the fourth type of confession is found in John 10, 10. It said, with a heart man believeth unto righteousness and with confession a mouth is made unto salvation. Uh, uh, no. With a heart man believeth unto righteousness and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, that kind of confession is confessing your faith in the word of God in Christ. The Greek word for that, now just sit through this because you need this. The Greek word for that is homologio. 
that we, homo meaning the same, logos, or logos, you know the word logos meaning word, but it's spoken. It's something that God has spoken that you agree with. So confession for the believer is to say the same thing that God says, is to acknowledge that. I'm flying airplanes and the controller says to me, says uh, a 302 Sierra Tango turn right heading 320 and maintain 5,000 feet. And what happened? I turn right heading, I acknowledge, uh, Roger 302 Sierra uh, Tango turning right heading 320, maintaining 5,000. Well, I gotta acknowledge that. And guess what? If I don't acknowledge it, you know what he'll do? 302 Sierra Tango, did you, did you copy? 302 Sierra Tango, did you copy? He won't give up. He won't give up until I acknowledge it. Got it? And that's the same thing with God. In all our ways, come on, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Okay? Now, I want you to know that the confession that we've learned was confession of sin. I'm going to confession. I'm going so forth. And it's been mostly negative and it's been preached negatively. But it's more about the positive confession in the Bible than there is about negative confession. And what we're going to focus in on is positive confession. Amen. Now, last time we talked about positive thinking positive thinking and we've read some of the positive thinking books well that's good positive thinking is good I mean it's better than negative thinking but positive thinking alone will not change your circumstances okay now we will go through that and show you this I mean positive thinking will give you a good attitude while your business is failing while the ship is sinking, it'll make you go down in style with a good attitude. Praise the Lord. Gloop, 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 gloop. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now those books are good, but that, that alone will not make it. All right. Now, let's do this. Now I've got to make it plain. I don't have much time to mess around with you. Okay. Now, so... Now, this law of confession, that what happens with you and I is that we unconsciously go down to the level of our confession. Here is part of the law. No one ever rises above the level of their confession. If you are confessing something negative, you'll go to the level of it. If you're confessing something positive, I'm talking about in God now, you go to the level of it. Wrong confession glorifies Satan. Right confession glorifies God. Now, We've not made the connection between what we say and what we get in this life or what we have. 
And a lot of times what we thought is that we're telling it like it is. But once you get born again, you can say it before you see it. See, how, how can you lie saying what God said? God cannot lie. The Bible says in Joel chapter three, let the weak say I am what? Strong. See, and what happened is we've been trained negatively. We've been trained, unless you see that you're strong, you're not supposed to say that you're strong. But in the kingdom of God, the way that you see that you're strong, you gotta first say that you're strong. All right, I'm going somewhere. Let's now go back first to Genesis chapter one first. And then we're going over here to Numbers chapter 13. Genesis chapter one. This is going to be the most powerful series. Glory to God. I can feel it in my bones. Now the Bible says, be careful what you hear. Take heed what you hear. That's what it says. Take heed what you hear. For the measure that you meet will be measured back to you. See, you, a good man out of the good deposit of his heart. What is the heart? The spirit. Okay, the spirit. It's not your blood pump. We're talking about your heart. We're talking about your spirit. Now Jesus is teaching. He's teaching them on spiritual things. If you go to a high school or college, they teach you and train your intellect. Have you, know, have you gone to any college, and this is what the professor says, you are three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And the real you is spirit. You have a soul or a mind, and you live in a body. Have you ever heard a professor say that? No. They don't teach that. They're just training your mind. They're just training your mind. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Watch this. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be the transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now what is it saying? It's saying that for you to please God, you're going to have to renew your mind to the things of the spirit. I'm talking about be pleasing unto God. Now, there, there are people that think, you know, certain things are pleasing unto God. And, and, and you know, it, it, in, in the church, we have all kinds of ideas. Stuff that's pleasing unto God. What's pleasing unto God? I was a little boy down there in that church down there in Alabama, I'm telling you. And, you know, about halfway through the sermon, the preachers start winding up and so forth. And some sister over here starts shouting. The ushers will know she's going to shout. Some of y'all don't know what that means. That's how I just stay away from it. And, and she, she get up every Sunday. You shout, they have to hold her down and everything. See, somebody think that's pleasing to God. Now I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about anybody's faith, but I'm saying, how about calling things that be not as though they were? 
Come on now, how about casting out demons? How about laying hands on the sick and they recover? How about reading your Bible once a day? No, I ain't doing that. Do a lot of religious stuff that we call pleasing under God. And that's why the church hadn't gone nowhere. We still cooking fish dinners and selling chitlins, trying to keep the lights on. Folks, them days are over. I'm telling you, big and try to get the building fund paid off and so forth. There ain't enough chickens in Illinois to do what God's called us to do. They for selling chicken dinners and car washes and all that stuff. See that? That's pleasing. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, tithes and offerings is pleasing unto God. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, I'm not trying to talk about anybody's faith. I don't know where you came from and I don't care. And I didn't wake up this morning with you on my mind. You got what I'm saying? I'm saying what's coming to my spirit. And that's what I'd like to have. I'd like to have a church full of believers. People, people that want to go somewhere. Well, anyway, wait a minute. So in the college, are they going to teach you about the spirit? Well, notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, wait a minute. He said that... Uh, in John chapter 6 and verse 63, he said, um, um, glory to God. He said that, uh, 663, uh, yeah, it's a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. Now, why do you say that? He said, for my words, they are spirit. And they are life. See, the, the tendency is, is that we think our words are just sound. We think our words are just noise. They're not. They're spirit. See, the good man, a good man out of the good deposit of his where? Heart. Heart is not your blood pump. It's your spirit. Your spirit is a bag that holds words. You got what I'm saying? And whatever words are in there, when you come under attack, that's what comes out. Now, what have we done? We've made, we've dissociated what we say with what we have. He said, no, 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 wait a minute. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So what's in your life brought forth is a product of the words that you've either heard or you've spoken. And that's why you can't go anywhere and listen to anything. Some of them Christian channels I don't even listen to. That is, I'm telling you, I don't have anything against the people, but I ain't got time for it. I know the truth. I don't know all of it. I'm winning the Lord, but I can tell, my spirit will tell me, uh-uh, uh-uh. And I had to turn from turn to a Western. And, and I'm just saying, when, listen, here's this story. This is a true story. This man had a mule. And the mule, for some reason, stopped eating. And he wondered what happened to the mule. He's feeding him hay and he stopped eating. And then he called the veterinarian and he came in here and he examined the mule and ended up putting his hand down, arm down the mule's throat and pulling out a stick that had gotten lodged in the mule's throat. And the mule had stopped eating. Well, you know, you've heard the expression when you go to places and they talk a lot of unbelief. Somebody said, well, just chew up the meat and spit out the bone. Well, what happened if one of them get caught in your throat? 
Some of that stuff can kill you. I'm just saying, life and death, come on, are in the power of the tongue. Now, you can't afford to hear that mess. You can't afford to hear that Job was being tested by God. The Bible says that God doesn't test any man with evil. He, with evil, sickness is evil. Sickness is not from God, neither did killing of Job's kids was from God. We saw that Job said, the thing that I feared most, what? Came upon me. He said, Lord, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Show me where I have made a mistake. And you go places and you hear that God was testing Job, the first thing you do is you open up the door. Religion always gives consent to something that the devil's bound to do. And it opens up the door to the devil, and next thing you know, something will come in on you, and your mind will say, the devil will shoot the thought in. Well, God is testing you. Well, you tested Job. Well, look at the verse that says, lead me not into testing. That's what that temptation means. It said, don't lead me in there, Lord. Take me out of there. Are y'all following what I'm saying? I'm saying you got to take heed what you hear. And the product of most of my teaching is trying to teach out unbelief. It's all over the church. We got to teach this mess out. We got to give understanding so you'll be willing to let that lie go and get the truth of God's word and you'll get something different in your life. You and I should be walking like kings in this earth. And a saint of God should be broke. We should have no poverty in our lives. We should be calling things that be not as though they were. We should be commanding money to come. No, 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 no. We still talking about, hey girl, where you going? Oh, I'm just dying to go, can I? See? Dying to go. You ain't dying. And you don't want to die. Suppose you said that I'm just dying. Boom. Hit the ground. Then you'd wake up. Thank God he won't turn up the power until you get your mouth right. Say amen to this. I'm, I'm telling you the church is coming to a place where we're going to all walk and talk the same thing. We're going to all be on one accord. We can speak something one day and the next day it's going to be done. Say amen to that. Boy, I feel like preaching now. I feel like going on. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. They'll kill you. Words are the most powerful things in the earth. Speak them. Get your tongue right and see. And what we've said is there are two, two levels. There's a spiritual level, natural level. The natural level of the law is a spiritual law, and spiritual law has dominion over natural law. That's why Jesus could tell Peter, come, and Peter got out of that boat on the word come and walked on the water. Gravity couldn't even hold him. 
because of the power of the word that was spoken by Jesus. Say amen to this. Now, I'm just saying that what we need to do is our words are spirit. That's why when somebody says something to you wrong like that, it keeps going on in your mind. That's why it's hard to get rid of it. Why? Because it's living. It's living, it ain't just noise, it's spirit. That's why you can't sit up in all that mess because it's more than noise, it's more than sound, it's spirit. Now I ain't talking about nobody's ministry, but it's time for the church to be the church. We need to stop playing games and preaching all this unbelief. Come on now, we gotta preach the, the buck naked word of God and put that thing out there and whoever don't like it, let them go sit in the car. Folks, it's time for us to rise up and walk in this earth as kings. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you go to college, you ain't heard no polished professor tell you, well, you're a spirit. Come on now. They don't even deal with that. And that's the truth. You ain't just soul. You ain't a big mind. You have a mind to operate with but you are spirit. Now let's look at Genesis chapter one. Y'all still with me? Y'all can tell I ain't taking taking down today. Say amen to that. Telling you, we, we we gonna kick it in here today. All right. See, you got, you got, I got to show you something. You, you got to be bold. Put something right there. Well, you had Genesis chapter one, ain't nothing to put there. But let, let's go to Mark's gospel. Come on, Mark chapter three. Mark chapter three. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm, what am I doing? I'm building your confidence in your words. I'm not trying to put you in bondage. I'm trying to let you know that even when we get into this lesson, you're going to see that justing is something you got to watch. Justing. I'm talking about when it's cold outside and you come inside just justing. It's like, ooh, ain't it warm out there? See? Uh-uh. Because you're confusing your spirit. Oh, I'm messing with you now. Y'all done got quiet on me now. See, you got to stop this. I'm dying to go. My feet are killing me. You know what I mean? You got to say what you mean, mean what you say. Now, I'm not trying to put you in bondage. I'm trying to give value to your words because that's a step of getting, the first step of getting what God has for you, which is your promises, and God has these things for you. That's the first step to getting it. You're going to have to believe what you say going to come to pass. And you were never meant or designed to say something you didn't want to come to happen. You weren't meant to say that. You were meant to say exactly what you wanted to come to pass. You don't hear God say, Ooh, Lord, my feet are killing me. God can't say that. You got what I'm saying? And you got to say the same thing about people, what you want to come to pass. I know they're acting like a fool, but the thing of you got to say, now I'm talking myself too, you got to say this, you got to say, hey, See that guy cutting in front of them right there? You know he gonna come to his right mind in a minute and just get right on in that street. 
See, you got, well, see how you doing right there? Watch him, he go hit somebody right over that door. See, you think you prophesying. You go by there and see it and hit somebody. See, I told you, I told you to prophesy. And you helped it. See, the devil wants your mouth. He wants your mouth. He wants it for your kids. He wants it for your marriage. He wants it for your job. He wants it for your money. He wants it for your health. He wants it for everything you've got. He wants your mouth and God wants your mouth. Now give God your mouth cause he gonna deposit good seeds and they gonna bring forth good things. When God said, let there be light, what happened? There was light. Is God a spirit? Yep. Now he spoke and he spoke and his spirit words came out and control matter. Got it? Say amen to this. Well, see, you were made like him in his image, come on, and after his likeness, see? And the Bible says in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, and God said, let us make man, okay? And, and God molded man out of, out of the ground and, 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 and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. Well, the Hebrew doesn't say living soul, it says he became a speaking spirit. See, you're just like God, except you got a body up in here so that you can stay up in here. Without a body, you don't stay on the earth. But just because you got a body, don't let the body tell you what to speak. You tell the body what to say. Lord Jesus. All right, where did I tell you to turn? Mark chapter three. It puts something right there. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Oh, we got the devil what we wanted. See, everything he stole from you is about to come back home. Everything, everything, everything. And you can't be ashamed. You can't be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that are believing. Say, I'm not ashamed. Sit down. Oh yeah. I said, oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, look what it says here in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. You got it? Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Now who is talking here? 
Jesus, how do you know? It's in the red. Look at verse 33. But whosoever shall what? Deny me before men. Keep going. Him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now this is the law of confession. If you confess him before men. Now you're not talking about necessarily you get out there. Jesus, you know, Jesus, 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 Jesus. No, 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 no. If you confess him, his words, what he spoke, he and his word are what? See, he's going public now. What we've been trying to do is just confess him right back up in here where everybody like us. But I'm going to show you. We about to go public. See, he ain't gonna let you just do it all up in here. He got, he got some people out there that he wants you to say it in front of. I'm telling you, saints. See, we about to, we about to, oh, Lord Jesus. Now, what if they don't understand it? So what? They're going to see the results of it. Well, I'm telling you, okay, I'm just, I got to run it down to you because I'm just out of time. Now, I got to run it down to you. Now, don't move because I said that. All right, all right. <laughs> now, listen up. In this thing, John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Y'all want the word? Now, what's happening now is not only I'm giving you the truth, but I'm giving you confidence in the words that you speak. You see, if your confidence in words can rise, then you don't care who you're speaking in front of because you know what you say is going to come to pass. See, part of the reason we haven't been saying it because we haven't been convinced that it's going to happen. But there is a law of confession that every time you can predict what's going to happen. When Jesus spoke to that fig tree, he didn't even look back to see if that fig tree appreciated what he said. He just spoke it, went on about his business, and so forth. And the disciples said, Lord, look what happened yesterday. You spoke to the tree. This thing done dried up at the rust. I can see Jesus now saying, what you expect? No, no. He said, the things that I do, the Bible says when he spoke it, the disciples heard it. Now you tell me, here I am up here speaking at a plant. You driving by and see me. Come on, what you gonna think? Come on now, call the police. All right, now let's look at this. See, come on now. Don't shout me down cause I'm preaching good. Where did I tell you to turn? <laughs> John chapter 12. Look at John chapter 12. Lord have mercy. 
I said, Lord, have mercy. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not, what? Confess him, lest, verse 42, they should be put out, come on, of the synagogue. Why? For they love, come on, the praises of men, come on, more than the praises of God. See, some of y'all people, you're trying to be people pleasers. You're trying to be approved of people rather than be approved of God. Come on back to Mark's gospel, chapter 3, please. Mark's gospel, chapter 3. Come on now. We're going to clean your clock. We're going to make it so that you're going to get so bold, you're going to walk up in your house and you're going to declare some things and they're going to ask you, where you been? You say, where you need to go? You need to go somewhere that they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Instead of a bunch of religion on Sunday morning. Now, y'all, I can't help it. I got to, I got, well, time is short. We got to stop playing these church games. Come on now. Look what it says here in Mark chapter 3. This is Jesus now. He's in his ministry. Look what it says in verse 20 of Mark chapter 3. The multitude coming together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, he is what? Beside himself. What's another way of saying that today? He is crazy. Do you see what they're calling Jesus? I'm talking about these are friends. Say friends, somebody. Your friends, when you start talking right, it's gonna call, might call you a little crazy. But don't be moved by what your friends say. For you want to be pleasing unto God and not unto your friend. Come on over to verse 31. Let me know when you got there. Now these are friends, but this one I'm about to read now are going to be kinfolk. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Somebody say kinfolk. Verse 31. There came then his brethren and his mother standing without, saying to him and calling him, and the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brother outside seeking for you. And he answered them, saying, Well, who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about on them that sat about him and said, Behold, these are my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of God, and the same as my mother, my brother, my sister, my auntie, uh, uncle. I'm telling you, you're going to be saying some stuff that your kinfolk are going to want to know what you're talking about. But they're going to all see the results of what you're doing. Say amen to them. Now, turn back to one more place. We need to do this. Say, I'm a speaking spirit. I'm a speaking this guy named Jerry, he was getting up to speak in this meeting, and he was going to speak. And so he asked the moderator, who's speaking after me? He said, Charlie is speaking after you. He said, well, Charlie, he said, well, how much time do I have? He said, Jerry, you have an hour. He said, I tell you what, 
I'm going to take Charlie's time too. <laughs> and laughed about it. Watch jesting. But what happened? He started preaching. Looked at his watch, had plenty of time, kept preaching. Looked at his watch, plenty of time, kept preaching. Looked at his watch, he said, oh my goodness, my watch has stopped. Has anybody got the time? He said, yeah, uh, Jerry, you have exactly taken your time and Charlie's time. Notice, he didn't mean it, but he spoke it. And Charlie got up, says, I just want to say one thing. He said, what's that? Jerry has trained his spirit to bring to pass everything that he says. I want you to notice something. This watch is natural. Jerry's words are spiritual. And if you got spirit words, you can control natural stuff. That's why you can say money. Folks, how did gold get here? Who put it here? How did he get it here? Spoke it. That goal is under your control. But if I can get you to get confidence in your words, that goal is coming home. Hey, I, that, that's, that's from God right there. The goal is coming home. Oh, Lord, that's from God right there. The goal is coming home. That's from God. Here, 12 spies went out to spy the land of Canaan. They came back. When they came back, 10 of them gave what kind of report? Say evil report. Now, what did they say? The giants are tall. We can't defeat them. What did they say? The walls are so high, we can't get around them. See, they were saying everything based on their intellect. And that's what the natural system teaches you. But be not conformed to this world. You be conformed to the spirit to spirit. God wants you to be led by your spirit, not by your mind. See, you got five senses. Where did that five senses feed into? Your mind, every one of them. You don't see with your eyes, you see through them. See with your mind. Amen, amen. Man. Folks, all your senses interpret the environment and feed it into your mind. You cut all your senses out and you just, just dumb, you can't know nothing. But God gets around your senses. He feeds the information directly into you. Not your senses, into your heart. And the Holy Ghost illumines it to your mind. Now you got understanding that the world can't even get. Now watch this, hold on, hold on. 
They came back, but two of the spies said, let us go up at once, come on, and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Go in the next chapter, when you get a chance, read Numbers chapter seven on your next devotion. What happened? The words that they spoke, the ones that said they can't do it, they're gonna die in the wilderness, you know what happened? They died where? In the wilderness. Because you will either rise or go down to the level of your confession. That is a law. Got it? What happened to Joshua and Caleb? They had to wait till all of them died off and then took the next bunch over. Why? Because of their confession. But hold on. Look at what happened to their bodies. You thought they would have gotten older. Uh-uh. Here's what Caleb said when he was taking that new bunch over. He said, I'm as strong today as I was 40 years ago. <laughs> you see, God has to preserve you because of your confession. Now, so what now? Let me end with this story. Here, my wife and I, we come, and like I said, a lady had opened up her home to me and the family when we came from Minnesota. Stand with this sister, Oak Park. We stayed with her for two months, trying to save money to get our own apartment. Three months, every time I try to save a little money, car break down. Boom, $500 for a front end. Man, what's happening? Eight months. Now I'm getting a little fed up. I stepped back on a three-day fast. God spoke to me and said this. Four things I want you to remember, he said. Slow down first. Next, listen for God. Next, listen to God. Fourth, do it. Act on what he said. He spoke to me. He said, decree what you want. I said, just came out of my spirit. I don't know where it came from. We'll be moving in seven days. I understand, no money, no place to stay, nothing. Went and told my wife, baby, we're gonna be moving in seven days. She said, where are we going? I said, we're gonna be moving in seven days. She said, but where are we going, sweetheart? I said, she said, where's the money? I said, we're gonna be moving in seven days. What happened? Six day came around. We went to a church, to a church meeting, because we had just started our work here, but we went to another church meeting, and on the way there, I remember, I said, well, baby, we're moving in six days. She said, where are we going, sweetheart? I said, we're moving in six days. Tears came to her eyes. Why? Pressure was coming in on her to speak against it. And I could say, well, you, I wish you'd tell me where we're going. I said, listen, I don't know that, but we're moving. <laughs> in seven days. That's right, that's right. About about the third day before that, we had about three or four more days ago, whatever it was, we rolled, start looking for some places. Because I said, if I'm moving, I need to go look for a place. So I start looking, 
and came through and saw this luxury apartment building. We had gone and looked at some places and they weren't quite at the level that we wanted to, you know, it was just wasn't our type. And looked at this luxury apartment building and my son who was so small at that time on the back seat sleep, he woke up all of a sudden, looked out, saw the building, pointed at it and said, we gonna live right there and went back, went back to sleep. I wanted to smack it because I ain't had no right there money. Are you following what I'm saying? I want to say, well, hush that. See, it's challenging me. See? And so I went back, we went back to where we were standing at the lady's house, and the Spirit of God said, why don't you go look at it? I said, man, if he hadn't said that, I wouldn't even be getting this. But see, God was doing something with my confession. So what happened? We went and looked at it, Looked at the rooms, they showed a three bedroom, two bedroom, one bedroom, efficiency. Well, at that time I had efficiency faith. And I said, she said, well, which one do you like? I said, well, we look at that efficiency right now. She said, oh, okay. She said, now what we can do is put this date down. You can move in day after tomorrow. And so what we can set up before you can get your furniture moved in. I looked at my wife and said, furniture? She said, you don't have any furniture? I said, well, no, we, we kind of coming off the mission field, you know, so forth. She said, oh, okay. Well, we got some in the basement here, and we have some model apartment furniture. We, you can use that until you, you get it all squared away. She said, okay, that'll be uh, one month's rent plus two months security. So I said, security? <laughs> she said, you don't have security. She said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. We'll just go ahead and, and we'll stretch your security out over a year. Let me take care of that. I said, she said, okay, now that'll be uh, $55 for parking. To, I said, well, par- parking? She said, don't tell me. She said, we'll take care of your parking. We'll take care of your gas. We'll take care of you. Now, understand, my confession opened up that door. Other than that, I couldn't get out of that lady's house. That confession controls natural things. And so will yours. We'll continue next time. Did you get something out of that today? The goal is coming home. Boy, that was from God. All right, sit out for just a minute. Nobody move.